Awakening the faithful, reaching the lost, and making church matter. Welcome to the Rebuilt Podcast. If you love your parish, listen to this podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Rebuilt Podcast. My name is Kelly Lippenholtz, and I work on the youth ministry team here at Church of the Nativity. I'm joined by Tom Corcoran, who is the associate to the pastor. Hi, Tom. Hey, Kelly. It's great to be with you again doing this podcast. This is fun. fun. It is fun, yeah. So this weekend, um, Tom and I were on a retreat with 150 high school uh, candidates for confirmation. Right. So you know, ninth and 10th graders. Mm-hmm. Have you recovered yet, Kelly? From No, the... no, I have not. <laughs> <laughs> have you? Yeah, I did. I, I, I was stupid Sunday night. I just stayed up watching football <laughs> and it wasn't even that great a game. Um, well, actually, it was not a bad game. But anyway, I was stupid. I stayed up and then but last night, like I'm a I'm a 1130 midnight person to go to oh, bed. Wow. If I get in bed before midnight or 1130, that's that's unbelievable. And last night, about 1030, you were I out. was just like, I'm done. Yeah. So uh, got a good night's rest. Got to sit on my porch this morning on a beautiful morning. Nice. Have about 45 minutes of just quiet and think time. So I kind of feel back refreshed. Yeah, it's a nice October morning here in Baltimore. But uh, you're still recovering from. I'm still recovering. I Sunday night I couldn't. I just couldn't sleep at all because I was just excited about everything that happened right. on the retreat. Um, so I'm still recovering a little bit. Okay, you put a lot more into it than me. I was there. I was present. But you uh, and you and uh, Daniel and Allie. It was a great time. Especially, yeah, it was great amazing. Retreat. Yeah, amazing. We had an amazing Saturday night of worship with the students. Uh, uh, kind of hopefully groundbreaking. I really hope it's kind of a new groundbreaking thing for our student yeah, ministry. Yeah, I think so. I've never place. seen anything like that. Yeah. So um, we'll maybe we just jump in, I guess. To where All right. We are. So this morning <laughs> we are going to be um, talking about our message series um, that's coming up called Staying Power. Tell us a little bit about this message series, Tom. Where did this come from? Well, it's a our, our message series, but it's, it's important when it comes to the church. You know, obviously, the, church, the, the mission of the church is to make disciples. And it's a basic thing, but... You know, we need to constantly return to basics and fundamentals. You know, when uh, mm-hmm. when uh, uh, John Wooden, the legendary coach of UCLA, the very first pa- basketball practice, he would teach the guys how to put their socks on and tie their shoes. <laughs> uh, just a basic thing, but it, it made right. a big difference in whether they got blisters and things like that. Vince Lombardi, <laughs> the, the, the legendary coach of Green Bay, would say, this mm-hmm. is a football <laughs> at the very first practice. So I, it sounds repetitive, but we need to always go back to that. So any case, the, the basic mission of the church is to make disciples. And we say when we, we get to talk around that there's three kind of key strategies that have been vital in our church in doing this. And that we say number one is prioritize the weekend experience, mm-hmm. that you have to have a great weekend experience. That means the mass and the programs that surround it, because that's where most people interact with your church. Sure. Second is we want to focus on unchurched people. We want to reach the lost. And as a church, there's all this, always this pull to forget about the loss. So we need to constantly put our focus on unchurched people. Who's our target we're trying to reach? But staying power is about the third one. So, which we say is challenge church people to take ownership of their faith. Right. And uh, these are the key strategies you would say to making disciples of Jesus Christ. Right. So we make it easy for for people to to get here, to come here, to enjoy their weekend experience. But we want to make it challenging for the people who are already here. And so that's what this is about. That's right. So this is the series. And the kind of bottom line for the series that we're, we're using, and, and this is something I got from David Sean, uh, chief of staff at Saddleback Church. He said this, part of this line, and we've kind of tweaked it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's like, he says, people grow by the spiritual commitments they make. Right. But you can't just make them. That's right. You I mean, it. I've made a lot of commitments <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> over time that I have not 
kept. Yeah, so that's why we say it's people grow by the spiritual commitments they make and keep. Keep. Yeah, you know, we right. have this bolded here. Right, and, and that's where we need the most help. I mean, we can make commitments all day long, and, and we do make commitments that we don't even think about making. Um, we kind of make some commitments just by mistake or by default with what our schedule is dictating, but keeping the commitment is where um, we need lots of help. Right, I, and and. I think, though, that's even – going on that first part, though, I'm not, that might be interesting, though, that it's it's commitments that help us grow. I think that might be a new idea for people. Yeah. It certainly was for me. Sure. Yeah, me too. And so intentionally making the right commitments because we can make the wrong commitments too. Right. And if we're not intentional about that, uh, both individually and then as church leaders, we'll accidentally make the wrong commitments. Right, right. I mean, I, there was one point in my life where I made a really strong commitment to Facebook – <laughs> That's good, right. And I hadn't even decided to make a commitment to Facebook, but right. man, I was committed to that for like a couple hours every night. That's a great example, right? We make these commitments all the time and fall into them. And I think churches make these commitments all the time and fall into them. Like re- I always say, if you want to know what commitments you're telling your people to make, read your church bulletin. Are those re- and the, and right. are those really the commitments? Like, so if an alien from outer space came and read your bulletin, would they say, <laughs> okay? Obviously, it's really important to go to bingo to become right. a, if, if becoming a follower of Jesus Christ is the mission, and that's not always clear. But I guess right. I have to go play bingo, right. or I have to go to the potluck supper, or yeah. I have to spaghetti dinner, spaghetti pancake dinner. breakfast, right? And again, and none of those things necessarily, except for bingo, are wrong. But um, <laughs> bingo you know, is wrong. <laughs> I think bingo is wrong, but <laughs> that's another 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 conversation. But it, you know, the point is: are we are we intentional about the commitments? We're making as individuals, like you said, are you making a, a commitment to Facebook and intentional with the commitments that um, we're asking the people in our pews to make? Um, and so just when it comes to this, again, so spiritual growth is, is not automatic, right? We don't just come to church every Sunday and right. become a follower of Jesus Christ. And I think that's new probably for some people too. Like you think if you're coming to church every Sunday, you, you've made the commitment to right. come to church every Sunday. So that's good enough, right? Right. I, I, it ought to be automatic, right? I've been right. in church my whole life. I ought yeah. to just grow. No. Right. <laughs> I nope. mean, and again, we all know people that have been in church for a long time and they're, <laughs> they're not necessarily disciples. Disciples. We wouldn't say their spiritual maturity is, is, that, is all that great. So again, even sometimes I think talking about spiritual growth, that's what we're trying to achieve in people is to grow them again, to become more fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. Right. Um, but so that first step is asking people to just make that choice that they might want to grow. Right. And help them to be open to it. So, right. uh, and we have to be intentional about that. Um, people and people must choose to want to grow. Then the other reason this is kind of the keep the commitments to is spiritual growth takes time. It's not automatic. It's not and I think, I don't know, in life, a lot of times we look for that silver bullet that's like, I'm just going to pray this prayer or begin right. this habit right. and unsubtly be a more mature person. And that's, that's not how it happens. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we think, you know, think about, we would never expect that in any other aspect of life. Yeah. Yeah. There's been, there's been times where I've made commitments to a prayer or even, you know, a little Bible study or something like that. And I don't grow spiritually from it which is, you know, tough to take. I find that the times I've grown most is when I have other people around me that are helping me and holding me accountable too. That's good. We'll get to some of those yeah. too. We'll get to some of those too. Uh, and so we, we in brainstorming this series, we had that Seinfeld. I don't know if you want to tell the Seinfeld. Oh, it's one of my favorite shows. <laughs> so Brian's our resident, Brian Crook, our director of missions, our resident Seinfeld, Seinfeld expert. expert. Yeah. <laughs> and as we were talking about, do you want to talk about that? Yeah, sure. There's There's an episode where, 
Jerry um, has reserved a rental car, and he and Elaine are are there picking up his midsize rental car that he wants and um, that that he reserved. And they say, "I'm sorry, we don't have any midsize rental cars left." And he's confused. Well, but I made the reservation, and she said, "Well, I understand." But we don't have any of those. And he said, well, I don't think you do understand how to make a reservation. You can take the reservation, but you can't keep the reservation. <laughs> right. The power is in the keeping, <laughs> right. is in the holding the reservation and right. holding the car. And so anyone can make a reservation. Right. But you have to hold the reservation. <laughs> so um, yeah, we talked about that. In, right. In and that time. reminded us of of. Anyone can make a commitment. Making a commitment. We got to keep our commitment. So our role is, as church leaders, I think, is to then help people, first of all, make the right commitments. Know what are the commitments they should make that are going to actually lead to spiritual growth. Um, and again, I don't—I I, I say that I don't think that's a framework we think of. Do you agree that most churches or it's not something— um, um, immediately apparent yeah no I don't I don't think churches are really tracking on that it's it kind of it reminds me of a conversation about priorities and where your priorities are too and we've done different series related to that breathing room and and you know what are your priorities do you have any breathing room to make a new commitment and uh, so sometimes that conversation is going to have to um, start with dropping a commitment to pick up a new one but yeah I agree churches aren't really um tracking on that we weren't until we intentionally decided to yeah and and we'll talk about this a little bit how you kind of get there right which was just a couple years ago really right Right. and i think it it began a little bit our saddlebacks and we'll we'll talk about that Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. right even at a certain point and you were on that team that that went through and and decided and we'll get to that that later so our job is to clarify and then we have to communicate so number one our role as church leaders is to clarify for people the commitments they should make or need to make to grow spiritually. Mm-hmm. Number two, we got to create, communicate those clearly. Right. And simply, clearly and, sim- and simply in a good, simple yeah. way. Yeah. All right. Over and over and over mm-hmm. and over again. Yes. So you get sick of talking about it or, or yeah. we've had this conversation. Yeah, but. I do. I, I, but we just, maybe it's because I'm here and we're talking about it all the time, but I think for people in the pews, maybe it's, it doesn't get old at all. Maybe I think they probably, we need to hear it over and over again. Even I need to hear it over and over again. I just, I guess sometimes I get tired of it and, and so, um, or tired of hearing it maybe just in the same way, I guess well, I would say. Yeah. And I think we have to be careful about getting stuck about saying right. it over and over again the same way. Cause that will, people will tune that out. If right. Felt like I've heard and, this and before. Yeah. People need to hear things in different ways. You have different types of learners and, and so, and you, and you're in different seasons of your life and you hear it, you know, in the fall and you think, Oh, I don't have time for that. And then you hear it again, maybe late spring and you think, Oh Yeah. Small groups. I'm going to try that this year. Right. Um, Sometimes you're, you're more right. open than others. Right. Um, uh, then, then, so we need to clarify the commitments. We need to communicate those commitments clearly. And then we need to create systems for people to live out those commitments. That's um, a big one, yeah. Uh, so we got to, and a couple of ways to talk about that is make them accessible. Um, and then set them up for success is another thing I like to say. So, okay, if I get into it, but then it's a terrible experience. Right. Or I don't know how to do this then I'm going to fall off. I'm not going to keep that commitment. So right. I'm trying to give it like a good gym analogy. So if uh, it's accessible, I'll go to the gym. Or right. I have a plan. The hours at the gym are good. The classes are offered at lots of different times. Right. That kind of thing. If, um, I don't know, it's a workout I can do. If it's a workout I can't possibly ever do, mm-hmm. then I'm not going to do it. Um, 
So, and then encourage them to keep going. I love the short Kathy. What's the telltale set? Telltale sign someone needs encouragement. They're breathing. They're breathing. Right? Yeah. So, um, so I, I like, I, I think, so those are the things we need to do as a staff. Clarify the commitments people make. Communicate the commitments clearly. Create systems for people to live out those commitments. And those systems need to be accessible. Set them up for success and be encouraging to people. Okay. Um, then let's see if we have time. We want, we'll take a break here, I guess. All right. So let's take a break. And when we come back, we'll talk about some reasons why people don't grow, why people get stuck. And then we'll start identifying some of those commitments. So we'll be right back with that. Join us April 16th and 17th, 2018 for an exciting conference for pastors, parish leaders, staff, and volunteer ministers, and anyone who is interested in making church matter for their community. The Rebuilt Conference is for people in the trenches who are building or rebuilding healthy and growing communities in faith. This year's conference will take place in our brand new church, so it will be a one-of-a-kind celebration. Along with presentations from Father Michael White and Tom Corcoran, you'll hear from Jeff Cavins and Pastor Craig Rochelle. Jeff is the creator of the Bible Timeline and a wildly popular Catholic author and speaker. Craig Rochelle is the founding pastor of Life Church, the largest church in the U.S. with 27 locations in eight states. Come to the Rebuilt Conference to be inspired, encouraged, and equipped for the work in the trenches. You can register at rebuiltconference.com that's rebuiltconference.com. Registration opens October 1st. Welcome back to the Rebuilt Podcast. I'm Kelly Lippenholtz with Tom Corcoran, and we are talking about staying power. We're talking about um, helping people to make the right commitments and keep those commitments. When we left for the break, uh, we were talking about our role as church leaders to clarify the commitments that people need to make to communicate those clearly and to create systems for people to live out those commitments. We know that's all true because they all begin with C. So, Oh, yeah, all. the three C's, <laughs> the three C's of commitments. So they must be right. <laughs> so, so now we want to look at why don't people grow? Why is this something that we have to do so intentionally, Tom? Well, some of this comes from the parable of the sower. And mm-hmm. so when we look at the parable of the where Jesus talks about, again, the seed, and he spreads it on, and the seed falls on one of four different ways. Mm-hmm. Now, the fourth is the seed that produces fruit. So that's the one we, we want. And that, it's a good reminder to us that when we're inviting people to make these commitments, that maybe the only seed is going to fall on about 25% of the people that's going to produce fruit. That's what happens to the parable of the sower. So right. I think sometimes we can get frustrated. Oh, more people didn't respond. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know if that Jesus meant that as like, okay, here are the, here are the metrics you should use. <laughs> right. For this. You should be happy with 25%. <laughs> and, but 25% is not bad. We were going through, we we're talking right. about like trying to increase some giving in our church, and we we're like, 20% would be pretty good. Yeah. And I was like, maybe we should make 25 so it's more biblical. <laughs> but, um, you know, so. But, but that's why we have to keep reminding people, like right. we said in the last segment. That's right. why they need to hear it a bunch of times. And sometimes I'm close to it, and sometimes I'm open mm-hmm. to it. So mm-hmm. and that's the first one. Some people don't grow because they're just not open to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's Jesus talks about the seed that falls on the path and the birds come and eat it up mm-hmm. or it gets trampled underfoot. Uh, and so some people just, they have closed minds. They have narrow minds. The, right. the paths that the farmers would walk in, in, in the Middle East during that time were very narrow paths because obviously you want to have as much space as you can mm-hmm. for growing to, things. For growing, yeah. Yeah. So they have narrow minds. I, I, you know, I think for people, some people come to church, right? I'm not coming to church to grow. I'm coming because... Checking the box. Checking the box. I don't want to go to hell. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's good for my family. Right, right. But the idea of spiritual growth 
again, as we kind of said before, it's just not even a category in my mind that I'm right. trying to grow mm-hmm. as a follower of Jesus Christ. It's just not even there. So that's how, where how did people... we lose this message over <laughs> over time from Jesus to now? How did we lose this? I, I, I guess that's another conversation. Yeah. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think, wait again, I think anything can get off track. It's just, mm-hmm. I think it's the nature of things. So yeah. the, the second group, people don't want to grow because um, in the seed, the power of the sower, the seeds, mm-hmm. they fall down. But then there's uh, there's rock underneath. So there's a topsoil that gets through the topsoil, but then mm-hmm. there's rock underneath. And then when the, it says it springs up, it springs up or grows up. But when the hot sun, again the desert of Middle East, it mm-hmm. scorches it and it dies. And so again, they don't grow either. So they tried. They, they tried for a minute. Right. They made or the a commitment. Right. right. They made it. <laughs> they did not keep they it. They didn't keep it, and they didn't keep it because the kind of thing it wasn't really sunk deep in their heart. Mm-hmm. It wasn't something that was a huge desire for them or they didn't have a, a deeper sense of purpose and why they were doing this. It was just kind of a emotional or a quick com- you know, commitment. You know, we could get people to sign up for something and they sign up because, I don't know, it sounds like a good There's idea. There's an energy around it that yeah. day. Yeah, right, right. Or it's easy to sign up at that day, but they're not, their heart's not really into right. it. And so... Um, yeah, and we've seen that in youth ministry. You know, we, we had a big push this summer to to get some small group leaders and some ministers and, and, um, not everybody followed up, you know, they signed up, but then they didn't follow up when we followed up with them and said, okay, we're, you know, we're ready to get you started. We want to train you. We want to get you cleared for, for serving. And then they just never kind of followed up or they, some followed up for a couple months and then have, have said like, this isn't right for me right now. So that's a good example of that. And that's a good example too, I think, because, um, I think in the parable of the sower, where Jesus used the different translations say different things. They're they're tempted, they're tested. I like mm-hmm. that one kind of a little bit better. They're mm-hmm. they're tested in their in making that commitment, and when the test comes, they quit. Right. Again, because it's not just deep enough in there. You know, I, it, for me, you know, using the gym analogy, workout. I I have such a deep desire to work out that even when that's tested, things go wrong in my day. Right. I'll do it. You figure out how to fit it in. Right. Because it's it's just a, something I want to do. You right. Know? But it, sometimes it's like some of these things we haven't sunk the deep, the root deep enough into their heart. They're like, no, I need to do this. I want to do this. And yeah. that's a way again. And maybe that happens one time. Mm-hmm. And again, we don't want to condemn people because maybe yeah. the next time. Right. They it's under- perfect. It's perfect timing for you. Yeah. And right. you're in a season of life where it works out better for you or, you know, um, just going back to youth ministry example again. Um, I've tried, I tried several times to get involved in youth ministry over the years And, um, the right time for me was when my kids were getting ready to enter and I wanted to invest in it. I wanted it to be a good program for them. So you just never know what gives someone that, that desire in their heart. And I think that's for us is we have to help people then find that desire, right? Find that place in their heart. Um, I sometimes say calling on their better angels (laughs) of like, yeah, that's the person I want to be if you know, and we'll get to some things we ask people to do, but if I want to give, yeah, I want to be a generous person. I want to see the next generation impacted. Right. I, I, that's really there in my heart and help tap people into where that's already in their heart mm. and they just don't know it yet. Mm-hmm. And then if we can sink that seed into the root, this is good stuff. This is, this is good. I like yeah. it. I'm just preaching. Yeah. Right. yeah. Preach it, Tom. You <laughs> so, go. But uh, it's just kind of a little new insight here for me. So, yeah. you know, sink it deep in and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I'll pat myself on the back yeah. and on that, <laughs> let another praise you, never your own words. Anyway. Um, <laughs> So, All right. What's the third okay. reason that people just don't grow? Gotta, you know, we're still working through this series. I'm like, we got to get. That I know in there this some is more. good. Take some notes. Take <laughs> some so, notes. Uh, then third, they don't grow because it's it just the weeds come up and choke it out, right? So um, 
That's what Jesus says. That it sprouts up, but there's weeds all around it, and it chokes it out. And so, so that, the desire, the vision is there, and the desire is there, but there's still an obstacle for you. That's right. Um, that's great. Yeah, good. Yeah, this is preaching. This is <laughs> sorry, sorry, audience. I'm just like I love it. Is um, you have to get on and watch. Uh, get on our website and watch the uh, messages after we do this series. Yeah, that's right. They're still coming out. Um, so yeah, that's just an overcrowded life, right? Mm-hmm. That's just we get too busy. And we see this happen all the time, right? People sign up to serve. They want to serve. Yep. And yet they stop coming or coming to church even on Sunday because things crowd out life. And what do you need okay. to do to have weeds grow in your garden? Water them. No, weeds to grow. Oh, weeds. We need to have weeds to grow. Oh, nothing. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do anything. Don't do anything. The weeds, weeds will grow. So that's the part is that we have to kind of guard the garden and we have to guard this commitment to spiritual growth because we know that anything like things will just naturally grow up around it. So, okay. So let's move on to identifying what some of these commitments are and, uh, and how we here at Nativity came up with what these, the commitments should be. Yeah. And I think starting, it began with us really studying other churches Mm -hmm. and that's kind of why this is on my heart to share with other churches because we learned it from other churches. Right. And I don't even know if they were intentional in saying here, well, probably saddle back a little bit more, but, um, yeah, here are the commitments you need to make. And so, um, you know, so Saddleback Church, it was, I read Purpose Driven Church, Purpose Driven Youth Ministry, doing youth ministry. It was groundbreaking for me. I'm like, oh my gosh, my ministry has a purpose. And then <laughs> they talk about the five purposes, and Saddleback Church talks about worship, fellowship, discipleship, ministry, and evangelization, that these are the ways in which we grow in our faith. Okay, so what are those again? So worship, we need to worship God. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so that, a lot of times I think that means to the kind of a crowd place and a place where we're with other people. We got to see that. Okay. Experience it. Um, right. Uh, I think on Saturday night with the students that they yeah. got to experience worship and authentic Together. worship. Yeah. And it's something that changes things that mm-hmm. just, it's God's presence in a way that's mm-hmm. palpable that, um, right. They can't be explained by yeah. anything else. And when you experience that a little bit, you want more of it or want to experience that fellowship mm-hmm. is, relationships and you were mm-hmm. talking about how important that is for you. Yeah. I mean, the commitments that I've made have only been followed through when I have people helping me with those. So I did a, I did a, um, Bible study with a bunch of women, um, at a local church years ago. And it was the first time I, I, it was probably the first time I would say that I ever grew spiritually because I was in a small group of women and we met every week and I never missed. And, um, if I did miss, I was getting texts and emails and calls from friends like, where are you? Why aren't you here? (laughs) And, um, so I was being held very accountable. It was, it was the most spiritual growth I've ever had in a short period of time. Right. That's good. And yeah, that's the thing about growth. It's going to, we have growth spurts physically. Right. We have growth spurts spiritually. You know, it's not always up and to the right. It's yeah. It's not always. I've definitely had big droughts since that time too. And I always remember that time as a time that, that I was really growing and it, felt good and I, right. I want that back and right. so I and again, aim for that and sometimes spiritual growth we don't feel it but it is happening right right so again another thing we can talk about discipleship I don't really like discipleship on from the saddleback when they say this um why not I, I'm gonna pick at Rick Warren so I don't know <laughs> but wow Go uh, for it. well I think because everything's discipleship that's what we we're saying at the beginning. right right but um, I, I like the way North Point puts it, and we'll kind of go look at North Point. It's, okay. it's private disciplines, mm-hmm. um, that there's things we do that are, you know, pr- pr- prayer, tithing, giving, fasting, all these things that are kind of, 
there are habits, as, as Saddleback would say, that we bring into our lives that are, that are again, private or private and personal disciplines that we, right. that we grab onto that are really unique to us, that mm-hmm. you need that own individual, but it's very individualized. You know, people pray differently. Some people yep. love the rosary. Some people doesn't do anything for it. Some people right. love, you know, meditation. Some people need to go take a walk. You know, mm-hmm. however that plays out, it's very private yeah. and personal and to you yeah. and unique to you. Um, number four is ministry or mm-hmm. service. Yep. Uh, so I got to, you know, Jesus said the son of man came to not to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. So I think most people would, I actually just had a conversation last week with a guy who was, I went through these five and I'm like, he was like picking at me. He's like, do you really need that? You really, really need that. It was funny. He was like, he was like, I'm not trying to challenge you to give you a hard time. I'm trying to, right. I'm just trying, trying to, to learn see where, and grow. where it came from. Where, yeah. where did these come from? They're biblical. We right. didn't make them up. Right. No, I, I think the purpose-driven life and what how Rick did that and codified these five things is an immense value and gift yeah. to the church. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then last, evangelization. And yeah. this is probably one of the hardest ones for us as Catholics, but we got to share our faith. Right. And again, we grow by sharing our faith. Yeah. Um, that's a tough one for us Catholics, isn't yes. it? Yeah. Yes. That's, and so that's when it comes to making it easy and accessible. We got to make sure we do that for people. Right. We, yeah. And, and that's, so let's move on to how we do that. So, Several years ago, we started meeting and studying um, these other churches and these other, I guess, disciplines. And we started looking at our different... uh, I remember the first conversations. I was probably like in 2014 when we were talking about, well, we have these different environments and we have these different disciplines we want people to be doing. And then we have these environments we want them to be in. And so how do we marry all of those and be communicating it consistently across all of our programs, every age group, and and that's how we came up with our STEPS. So our STEPS, um, STEPS is an acronym. And who came up with that? That was you or that Brian? That was Brian. Okay. Brian Crook came up with that. Okay. I mean, we labored over that no. for a couple months. I know. I know you guys did. Because uh, going back to what we said earlier, we need to make these these STEPS, these disciplines accessible and we need to be able to communicate them clearly and so we labored over it because it needed to be easy to understand and so the, we felt like the acronym was was easy enough to understand so the acronym um, step stands for serve tithe engage in a small group practice prayer and sacraments and share your faith that's the evangelization one and so those are the our five steps that we have here at nativity they kind of mirror um, saddlebacks, but they're a little bit different to fit our environment. Right. And, and so, and, and just to talk about that a minute, um, we kind of had some of those things already in place. We were we already did. doing small yeah. groups. And again, prayer, I think is pretty easily, you know, we're right. doing prayer and sacraments. Yeah. We're always talking about prayer a couple times a year. And we depth. would talk about reaching the law. So mm-hmm. they were kind of already there. We didn't yeah. like, again, some, some of it came through some, for some fruit of some study, but it was a very important process, I think you would say for us to brand them as you as you guys did, right? Yeah, and we needed to brand them, and then we had a whole series about you know related to them to to communicate it clearly to everybody um, here. And uh, I remember having conversations too about our audience and and who the audience is, and and when you start to talk about your audience and who they are and and where they're coming from, the unchurched, that really helped us understand that it needed to be simple and clear. Um, so that helped the, in the process as well to talk about our audience. Okay. That's good. We might be able to have another new podcast and you could talk about just that process you guys went through. Yeah. Why don't yeah. we break here? Okay. And we'll come back up and wrap up and give people a couple app- application steps to go. Great. We'll be right back. 
The Rebuilt Parish Association provides resources and advice to help you rebuild your parish. Included in membership are resources for student programs, children's programs, and small group materials. Also included are homilies so that you can easily do message series that match the liturgical year. Father Brian Mason from St. Mary's Parish in Hales Corner, Wisconsin states, We based our homilies over several weeks on the Expect Miracles message series and never in 23 years of preaching have I had so many people talking about the effects the homilies had on their lives. Go to RebuiltParishAssociation.com to learn more about how the Rebuilt Parish Association can give you the resources and content you need to rebuild your parish. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Rebuilt Podcast. We're wrapping up our conversation today um, about staying power making and keeping the right commitments and our role as church leaders in how to help our um, congregation do that well. So Tom, tell us um, three things that that we can do right now to help our congregation um, start to think about these commitments. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, for for leaders in the church, one, study some other churches, do a little Mm -hmm. research like that. Um, So again, we studied North Point, and Willow, uh, not, not Willow Creek, not on this one so much, as, but uh, Saddleback were the two major ones we studied. Right. So I would suggest there also study us, you know, that's yeah. why we're doing this. So, right. um, and how, and what are the steps we encourage people to take? Uh, Saddleback, you can read Purpose Driven Life. Mm-hmm. Uh, North Point's got a great series called Five Things God Uses to Grow Your Faith. Uh, t- check that out. Those are two kind of resources you could use. Um, second, we have our field guide. Uh, so the, the rebuilt, rebuilt field guide. Yeah, the rebuilt field guide has a whole chapter on this about some questions to help you work through with your team and i guess the third thing is get a team (laughs) so maybe that should go first before that although if you're just by yourself you might want to start doing some research and then bring together how many people did you did we have i think we had about five people on the team you don't want too many you don't want too many voices in there but um and you want the right voices in there so i think be careful on how you select your team yeah i think three to five sounds Mm -hmm. about right yeah so you guys can and maybe bring a couple from a couple different from a couple different areas we had children's students and adult discipleship all represented in the meeting yeah there you go perfect and so kind of talking about what are the things you're already doing and what are the things maybe that are missing? Other things I say to people, too, is reflect on your own spiritual journey. What were the things that really helped mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. to grow as a follower of Christ? And you talked about small groups and relationships. Yeah. Now, when I, when I do this, the one thing that's always missing is money. <laughs> so be careful tithing. that. That's why I think you can reflect on your own, but right. make sure you study some other places, too. Because right. um, there might be some things missing in your spiritual journey you didn't even know about. So, right. Um, so those are those are steps though. I get study some other churches, field guide, check out that chapter, and ben, get, bring a team bring together. A team together. Great. Well, thanks for joining us today, and we hope that your church has lots of staying power. Tom, will you pray for us? Sure. Uh, Father, we just we thank you uh, that you want us to grow. That the whole point of our life is to become fully devoted followers of your Son, for Christ's character to come alive in us. And God, we pray just help us have the wisdom to know the commitments we need to make and to know the commitments our parishioners, the people in our pews need to make to become more Christ-like in their character, to become perfect as you are perfect. And God, help us to know those commitments. And then God, give us uh, the strength, the courage, the staying power to lead our people to make those commitments. We make this prayer through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen.